the Australian Defence Magazine podcast. Serving the business of defence. With Grant McHeron and Ewan Levick. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Australian Defence Magazine podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and today I'm joined once again by Ewan Levick, Group Editor for ADM. How are you going, Ewan? Good, thanks, Grant. Excellent. And uh, for this episode, our guests are Robert Inches, CEO of PFG Group, and Rear Admiral, retired, Steve Gilmore, Tasmanian Defence Advocate within the state government. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Grant. It's good to be here. Thanks, Grant, and good day, Ewan. Well, to kick things off, uh, we'll start with uh, PFG Group. Can you tell us a bit about it? Where are you located? What do you do? And how the company has developed to this point? Sure. PFG is uh, an Australian-owned regional SME, been building boats for over 25 years uh, out of Hobart. Uh, We have 77 employees across three regional locations with our head office just out of Hobart in Prince of Wales Bay, where there is a a deep um, shipbuilding history. We're boat builders primarily, our specialty being high-density polyethylene, of which we construct our boats from, with our flagship product being the Sentinel Tactical Watercraft. The company's history has been closely tied to aquaculture and where we had a renowned workboat product that, that's loved and adored in that industry and we've evolved that design to the point where we have a high-performance tactical watercraft that we've developed for defence applications today. What we found, we brought a customer down at a point where um, we'd arranged to take them to a, a fish farm for a demonstration on one of our workboats. And what we found was it was a bit rough that day. And when we got to the fish farm, all, all the aluminium boats uh, were tied up. And unfortunately, we were advised we couldn't have our demonstration because all the aquatruck boats that, that were our, our workboats were, were in use for the day. And we went away a bit disappointed initially, but you know, I think that's one of those kind of moments where you realise just what the product has to offer and it's that sea-keeping, stable platform, reliability um, are the hallmarks of our, our products. It is rather good to hear that your boats were so busy working that they couldn't provide a demonstration while everyone else's were tied up. That, that is definitely an indicator there. So, um, Steve, are you able to contribute a bit more there about PFG? Yeah, thanks, Grant. Yeah, the the mariner in me, I guess, uh, causes me to want to add a little bit of context or background to what Rob's just said about PFG and its its credentials. Uh, it really is quite remarkable. Tasmania is uh, an island state. In fact our country's island state um, of a maritime nation. And the sea's been just such a dominant part of of life in Tasmania. It affects business, trade, the economy, uh, our well-being. Uh, It's a basis for uh, recreation, a means of transport, et cetera. So it's it's, it's just such a a feature in, in what happens every day in this in this state so it's not surprising uh, that there's been a real mastery of of the maritime domain here everything from education training research we have australia's national maritime college uh, in tasmania uh, conducting that education that training and and quite world leading research through to um, marine science industry, and then a range of boat and ship builders that have had to contend with some of the most challenging sea conditions anywhere around our country and, in fact, anywhere around the world. So it's not surprising that with the quite innovative background that Tasmanians have, 
that a number of world-leading capabilities have been generated within the state. And PFG is one of those companies. It it has uh, taken that challenge and the extraordinary knowledge and background that its people have um, and uh, consequently developed what I think as a as a mariner and as a as a naval officer uh, a really remarkable capability. Rob, can you tell us a bit about high density polyethylene and why it's useful for building watercraft? Sure, high density polyethylene or HDPE is an engineered polymer, so it's a product of science and technology that is a superior material for marine construction, and we love the stuff. We've, we've used it in all the boats we've built over twenty five years, over a hundred boats. Um, and some of those properties that, that we love um, include that it absorbs vibration. So immediately when you when you get on a, a Sentinel vessel operators, even the most experienced naval operators notice the the comfort, the smooth, quiet ride, uh, and the enhanced human factors that come from that vibration absorption. And it also has superior strength. So um, you know it's a virtually indestructible. Has such a high tensile strength that it it can absorb impact and uh, is an ultra-durable material which leads to enhanced mission capabilities. One of those stories we love from our customer, Tasmania Police, was a mission they were able to complete in the middle of the night out on a rocky island where there was a a person stranded and they were able to hard beach the boat up on the rocks, grab the person um, and retrieve the boat intact back into the water and and complete that mission, which by, by their own account they wouldn't have even contemplated in any other boat. So we love hearing those stories and, and that they're great um, stories that demonstrate what we know about the material in its survivability um, and what it can do to enhance mission capability. You've mentioned that with the uh, Tasmanian police, but what, what other operational possibilities have opened up for users because of these HDPE boats? Yeah, the survivability and reliability um, and the low maintenance of our products are really a hallmark and um, Queensland Police have a number of our vessels and, and when we stood back and looked at what they've done with those boats over the last four or five years, they've sent them to the most remote parts of Queensland, uh, northern Queensland in particular where the boats are out there and on their own effectively so they've avoided the annual steam back to Cairns for maintenance and painting and anti-fouling and they know they can rely on the boat day in, day out. How has PFG come to use high-density polyethylene and what separates the PFG-made boats from competitors that are using the same material? Yeah, PFG's history uh, emerged with the aquaculture industry and the salmon farming industry, particularly in Tasmania. Um, So it dates back over 40 years and and we've been working with HDPE for for that long and, and for 25 years been building boats with the material. So it's um, you know, one of the things we're proudest of is that that first boat we built and every one of the boats that we've built over those 25 years are still in commercial use today, having worked every day of their life on fish farms around Tasmania. What separates our, our boat, we love HDP and that's a big part of it, but the design, our partnership is 123 Naval Architects out of Sydney, led by Steve Quigley. The exceptional skill that they bring to the design and the, the thoughtful features that they bring in are a real strength and the build quality of our our build and the craftsmanship that that our team put into each build help to combine with HCPE to deliver that that product that's going to last 25 years plus. We don't know how long these boats will last at this point in time. You know, we are the authority on HDPE welding effectively as we we co-wrote the the welding standards that have been adopted by AMPSA today and uh, 
we just love working with HDPE. It's going to be the future for, for small watercraft and, and these types of boats. Now, you mentioned before um, up in Queensland where these boats are uh, lasting longer before without having to come back for the annual check and so on. So HDPE, uh, is it fouling resistant or reduced? And and also you said you don't know how long they'll last. So what procedures are you following to um, establish a lifetime on them? In relation to the fouling, it's a, it's a, a lower friction surface, so the fouling doesn't adhere to it to the extent that it does in other other materials um, and, you know, with the, these boats being in the water every day of their life, that, that's, that's uh, you know, operational availability is maximised, maintenance costs minimised and, and a feature that, that is applauded by our customers. And, you know, I think conventional life cycles of boats in our class might, might be up to 10 years, maybe 12 at a stretch with, with some heavy maintenance where we've, we've proven 20 plus years on a low to no maintenance on the whole basis. So we're just enjoying that story, to be honest. And, um, you know, there's no sign of that slowing that the material is UV resistant for 50 years and it's used in pipelines above ground. Um, for its longevity and, and resistance features. What can you tell us, Rob, about your recent defence contract? We're through to announce recently PFG's contract with the New Zealand Defence Force. The Royal New Zealand Navy was seeking an improved ability to detect and respond to underwater threats and support their expeditionary reconnaissance. Uh, and we achieved this through the provision of an agile platform for the transport of troops and, and a multi-mission configurable 12.5-metre sentinel. I think the New Zealand Navy, to their great credit, recognised the strength, durability and adaptability of the Sentinel and, and our offering and they're blown away by the performance of our boats in, in demonstration and, and due diligence that they conducted. Uh, and importantly, they, they appreciated the, the whole of life cost of the boats, which I think was a point of difference for us as well. So we'll be delivering a, a number of boats to support their littoral warfare systems over the next 18 months. The contract is for three 12.5-metre sentinels over the next 18 months. And what will that mean for, for PFG Group over that time frame? It's a significant milestone for PFG. It's, it's our first defence contract and we, we've been on a defence campaign for a number of years now and you know we've achieved that milestone ahead of probably the best expectations we could have had. So we're, we're very excited to be a, a supplier to defence now and, and no longer just an aspirational participant. So delivering on that contract puts us in a strong position where we're hiring now, bringing in supporting structures that um, will allow us to deliver that contract in full on time. And Rob, can you tell me what non-defence work PFG has at the moment? We've got a number of contracts on the go um, for builds for emergency rescue and um, other government bodies primarily at the moment. That's the space we've been playing in, delivering some boats to emergency services and flood rescue in Western Australia and, and working on some light landing craft and barges for an, a couple of other customers as well. So across the spectrum of those contracts, we're, we're very busy. Now, you've just spoken about having this new defence contract and getting into there and your other one. So a question about moving from the commercial contracts that you just listed into defence, how much effort has that involved? What advice would you give SMEs looking to make the same move? <laughs> we're still looking for advice at this stage, Grant, um, if you've got any. <laughs> As I said, we've just announced our first defence contract. Um, you know, I think what the realisation we had a couple of years ago was that it, it needed to be a considered 
and dedicated commitment to invest in understanding the requirements of defence that are unique, moving in the circles, learning the language and, and and really being able to tailor your product to that specific defence need. So I guess my advice would be to commit to it if you're going to do it and go all in. And we've done that in the last couple of years. One of the ways we've closed the gap in terms of the knowledge and understanding of the user requirements was to form a defence advisory committee, which has been invaluable, bringing together recently retired Rear Admirals in Steve Gilmore and Alan Dutois and Ian Parker coming on recently as well, gives us contemporary knowledge and very senior operational experience, um, which has helped us navigate the nuances of the defence industry. What does the next 12 to 24 months then look like for PFG? I mean, obviously, there's this export order to New Zealand, but in terms of both your commercial work and your defence work, what are you excited about? We're excited about building great boats for our customers. That, that's what drives us. That's what motivates us. Um, we're, we're very excited about our first defence contract, so we'll be really focused on delivering that. And there's a number of um, bigger opportunities beyond that that we expect to be competitive in and, and put forward a compelling proposition. So uh, we, we see the next 18 months really key to securing the future of PFG and, and delivering on, on what we do best is, is building great boats. Steve, I might just ask you as well, what does this contract uh, for PFG, what does that mean for Tasmania and its profile on the national stage? I think it's a great opportunity uh, for Tasmania to demonstrate what it's capable uh, of uh, and and the application that all of that experience that I spoke about before in the maritime domain, um, how it can be translated or adapted into uh, the defence space. What would you hope to see come out of PFG's success for the state over the next two to three years? I I think an increased uh, participation rate of Tasmanian uh, businesses and companies uh, in what is quite a remarkable challenge for our our country at the moment. And uh, by that, I mean uh, the force structure plan and the capability that uh, Australia intends to generate from within uh, with a a real emphasis on uh, a sovereign capability. Uh, It's an all-hands-on-deck moment. We need uh, our, our industry across the nation to be uh, stepping forward and providing to defence what it does best. Um, and and I think Tasmania has for a long time uh, been parts uh, a part of various supply chains. But I think this most recent contract by uh, PFG highlights that we can also take on uh, a whole of capability generation capacity as well uh, and, and not just supply bits and pieces and services into into other primes, but where it's appropriate and applicable for the expertise that's resident in the state, we can generate uh, the, the whole of capability, in this case, tactical watercraft. Um, and I've got to say, I, I must put on my naval officer's uh, hat in uh, and draw on that, uh, that experience that... Um, that I've had over 40 years uh, at sea uh, and uh, right up to uh, uh, operational command where I've looked at, observed, studied, thought about the types of capability uh, that we have at sea and that we put uh, our men and women uh, in, often in harm's way. Uh, and 
we've got a real opportunity to improve that capability as it relates to watercraft via the utilisation of, uh, of PFG. This, uh, the HDPE that Rob was talking about before is, is extraordinary as a, as a material. Uh, it translates to exceptional operational um, outcomes it is, you know, I keep referring to it uh, as as the fifth generation of tactical watercraft. It it really is out there, just like the Joint Strike Fighter uh, has a a, um, a basis um, or the material that it is manufactured from is a real basis for its stealth and all of the capability that flows from that. The uh, HDPE as the material chosen by PFG to build the watercraft uh, generates. Uh, just an exceptional capability and therefore opportunity for uh, defence um, here in Australia and and elsewhere amongst allies and and friends. It's it's uh, it, the strength that Rob talked about uh, that the the hull material presents is is key. Um, you want tough capabilities uh, out there when you're putting people in difficult operational environments, and HDPE certainly provides that. It, it is clearly significantly better than traditional sea boat hull materials. And by that, I mean aluminium and, and fibreglass. They've for a long time provided uh, great capability, but I think they are now fourth generation um, and uh, and more in the history books and the way ahead. And I think it's even better when I look at the range of, of capabilities that uh, are inherent uh, in the material and the, and the boat design than newer composite type materials that are often being experimented with or explored. Uh, and, and by that, I mean carbon fibre, which has some, it has a, a number of, of, of positives, but there are some some issues associated with, uh, with strength and HDPE seems to overcome uh, that in a terrific package deal. Rob, do you want to expand on that? Yes, Steve, when we, we first met Steve, he you know, we, we described our boats as indestructible and he quickly reminded us as a gunnery officer that nothing's indestructible with <laughs> with the right amount of ammunition. But um, we, we now have, have tempered that to say we're virtually indestructible, um, <laughs> but, but we also appreciate that if you did happen to do some damage to the boat or, or break it into pieces, it's going to form its own life raft as the material itself has positive buoyancy. So we, we've got exceptional qualities in that regard, but um, yeah, we have tempered our language a little bit on account of Steve's ambitions to to destroy the boat. <laughs> Steve, keeping your naval hat on uh, for a minute, can you give us some hypothetical examples of the operational possibilities that HDPE might open up? Yeah, I, absolutely. It's uh, there's a, quite a breadth of uh, of um, capability requirements um, that uh, that have as their basis um, a tactical watercraft, uh, and that is everything from the the perhaps better well known delivery of people for boarding operations, etc. Uh, that we've been doing. Uh, very well in the the Middle East area of operations, um, and indeed around our own borders, uh, for for many years, um, it, it provides greater capability uh, in that regard uh, because of of that strength I mentioned before, but but also um, its its availability, um, uh, which uh, which means if you're able to damage it, you can you can continue with the mission because it's inherently buoyant. It uh, doesn't matter whether you get a little bit of water that uh, would slosh around. You'll be able to finish what it is that you set out 
to do. But more importantly, uh, you're able to repair in situ. And that is something that, uh, uh, take for example, an aluminium-based watercraft, uh, you can't do. Uh, when I was the uh, the Navy's fleet commander and uh, regularly dispatching, preparing and dispatching ships uh, to uh, conduct operations in the Middle East, we would put on board a greater number of uh, ribs or watercraft than uh, would ordinarily be carried in order to ensure that there are a couple available for operations. If you do damage them, um, aluminium welding, etc., is quite um, uh, an art and, uh, and can't be done readily at sea or in situ. Uh, the re- the repairability um, of of HDPE is exceptional and can be done in the operational circumstance. Uh, but then you've got a, a range of other uh, operational needs. Uh, mine countermeasures um, um, is is another a very topical capability requirement, and uh, using using the vessel um, away from a parent unit perhaps in an autonomous mode, conducting or carrying uh, UAVs to prosecute the mine warfare mission is another activity that a boat made from HDPE and designed uh, and, and, and crafted from PFG is superb at because it's got uh, great manoeuvrability and buoyancy. Uh, it's non-magnetic and it can sustain more damage because of its uh, its strength. So there's another opportunity there, which I think is is just waiting to, to occur. And then there is hydrographic survey and a range of other activities where, where you put boats into difficult circumstance, where, where there is the potential for grounding um, uh, or, or even collision uh, when you're doing boarding operations. And if you've got something that's, that is uh, stronger, uh, then you're in, in much better shape. Right through to to complete answering your question, um, the conduct of, uh, of of surveillance and reconnaissance, even in the covert mode, where a vessel such as this, uh, which is uh, non-metallic, so there's uh, radar reflectivity is is reduced, it, it, there is there's great opportunity to provide a better package of capability. Well, gents, that's uh, great that you've got your contract with the New Zealand Defence Force and great to hear that there's so many opportunities for the, the uh, vessels in a defence environment. Got to ask the question, are you having much luck getting inroads with our own Defence Force here in Australia? Yeah, PFG have been on a campaign for a couple of years now um, to understand the, particularly the, the Australian Navy uh, user requirement and, and the Navy Seaboat project is one that we've been following very closely. We, we participated in the RFI in 2019 and we have vessels across the, the range of seaboats that have been identified with proven hulls and um, we think exceptional performance capability for the mission sets those boats will be conducting. So we're, we're very excited and and have an eye on, on more details coming out in relation to that project over the coming years. Steve mentioned um, in mine countermeasure applications as well. So the the projects related to to that application are something we've been involved in a number of discussions and and um, expect to be engaged in bids right up to the close of that project as well. And I think it's fair just to to add that um, in some more recent demonstrations that we've provided. Um, uh, to defence, a broader defence, uh, including sea rides um, in Sydney. There's been interest um, 
by parts of defence such as Special Operations uh, Command, uh, which operate a number of uh, watercraft in the in the tactical uh, environment and the inherent capabilities that that I'd mentioned uh, and Rob uh, has mentioned previously uh, are of great interest to parts of defence that need you know that uh, reliable um, and very capable watercraft. So uh, it's becoming that time where we need to uh, round off and close out this uh, discussion. So Rob, is there anything you'd like to add before we end the interview? Yeah, I think one of the things we're most excited about as we look forward over the next couple of years is uh, working with what's emerging in the autonomous and optionally crewed space. Um, We're actively involved in some really interesting projects to explore that technology and its application and and how that can be applied to great effect in in defence applications. Particularly, we see that as as a really fast-changing and and emerging space that that PFG are very keen to be a player in. Excellent. And yourself, Steve? I'd I'd just add that um, there is a a real human factors uh, aspect behind HDPE and uh, PFG boats, the Sentinel watercraft, that uh, that I perhaps didn't emphasise enough previously when I was talking about operational aspects. But the in, the stability, buoyancy, uh, the ride, the inherent uh, ability to absorb vibration, etc., has made this boat uh, very attractive to defence uh, because it will deliver people on a mission in a better state. They'll be less fatigued, um, uh, safer, and more able to crack on with what it is they need to do and importantly, get back to the parent ship and, and come back home safe. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. This has been a great discussion and congrats once again on the uh, on the news and looking forward to hearing a lot more about PFG and engagements with our own Defence Force. So thanks for your time, guys. Thank you, Grant. Thanks, Ewan. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Ewan. Thanks, guys. The ADM podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Australian Defence Magazine, a Yaffa media title. The views of the people appearing on this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Australian Defence Magazine, the Department of Defence or the guest's employer. If you wish to use any of the audio in this podcast, please contact Australian Defence Magazine via their website, australiandefence.com.au or via email at defmag at yaffa.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.